listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next half an hour we're going to be talking about all things beer, aren't we Andrew? Yes indeed. All things beer. I'm joined by my fellow presenter Andrew Morgan of The Bottle Shop and we've been doing some Bottle Shop specials. This is the last of our four We've really enjoyed them, haven't we? They've been fantastic. But, but we're absolutely now on your turf, aren't we? We are, we are on pro- proper beer. Yeah. Proper beer, a proper beer programme here. Because we're joined by Rebecca Pate of Mason & Company and John Swain of Hackney Brewery. And these are good friends of yours, aren't they? They are indeed. We, 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 are, we are all beery buddies. Beery buddies. And have I got it right that these guys supply into the bottle shop? Yeah, we work with both Hackney and Five Points. So, yes, uh, we have... a commercially accepted them into the family Mm, embraced them rebecca starting with you rebecca pate mason and company now you are a craft beer bar beside the canal in hackney wick and you're also the same team behind the five points brewing company and the capi street food brand yes you've got a pretty good job haven't you really um yeah i um i enjoy it i've um been doing it for about six months now oh wow um, I sort of transitioned from a career in the city to working in craft beer, which uh-huh. um, which one's better? Do I need to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I bet this is hard work in many respects, actually. Uh, well, it's been a learning curve for me because yeah. I was working in compliance previously. So um, yum, I, yum, yum. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but now moving into marketing and events, um, it has been it has been great, and it's a great company to work for. And um, I have access to twenty taps of great. Beer and, so. <laughs> and you've bought something for us to try today. What have you just just turn those around so I can have a look at them? What, what have, have you uh, What have you got there? So I've brought two five beers from points. the Five Points Brewing Company, which is our sister brewery. Um, I've brought a Five Points Pills, which is a pilsner, and the Five Points Pale. Pale, um, and we're going to have a little taste of those. I'm going to hope. Um, I, I have to admit, I do like uh, beer. I drink drink uh, craft beer quite a bit. I'm not a great fan of lager. Um, but I actually don't really know what I'm doing. Mm. I know what I like. I uh, don't know why I like it. So, Andrew, I'm hoping you're going to talk me through this today and, and actually explain to me, you know, what I should be looking for and all that, if that's okay with you. Sure, and, and sure, sure, sure. Um, and then over to um, John, John of Hackney Brewery. Now, I get lots of reports that Hackney Brewery is a pretty cool brewery. Oh, thanks. Is that true? I... I call this is subjective. So, <laughs> well, if you think we're cool, that's great. It would be, be rude of him to, to, to admit it. On one it, of really. our programs, you were saying that they're they're the ones to look out for. Yeah, I, you I, saying I, a couple I did. Of weeks back. I did say oh, Hackney was was one of my one of my tips at the top. <laughs> one so. of the tips at the top. He was putting you up there with uh, you know early days of Brewdog was what he was saying. Did I? You know, not not as much pressure, but there you go. <laughs> um, and Hackney Brewery was born in 2011. Yep. You use very modern technologies, um, and obviously you've got experience and expertise as well. Mm. Um, on social media, you're really popular. You've got quite a following, haven't you? Uh, yes, I hope so. 
I don't really know. I don't really do the social oh, media. Oh, well, just so let you know, you've got 20,000 uh, on your you? pages. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, lots and lots of um, um, stuff around some of the some of the things you've got. And it's slightly uh, different. Have you bought some stuff for us to taste today, John? Indeed, I have. What have you got for us? So we've uh, got, we've obviously got more lager. Uh, Rebecca's here. Your... <laughs> oh, lager. So are you going to train me? Okay, this train is, uh, me in lager. Right. That was um, that was one of the trends. So if you remember from yeah. Will Hawks back uh, from uh, an episode or two ago, Actually. he said lager is the next big trend. So Indeed. maybe, I mean, my experience of lager is so poor that maybe you know, maybe that's like the rest of. You know, quite a few uh, beer drinkers. Is it, I just automatically write it off. You can hear Lucy in the background pulling apart this uh, six pack that she's got. Um, and we've got what? Just can we have a look at those? What yeah. have we got then? So we also bought um, our flagship pale Kapow. Yep. And Pusher Jacked RIPA. Kapow. So yeah. Kapow Pale Ale and a Pusher Jacked is an IPA. Yep. So, so we've got we've got some good ones uh, uh, to look at here. So Andrew, I'm going to start with you. We've got some glasses. I hope yes, we have got some glasses. Yeah. Uh, just coming over. Um, I would drink out of the can, but we're all sharing, so it's probably not a good idea. That's, um, yeah. <laughs> um, what would you start off with? So we've got uh, Pilsner, a Pale Ale, uh, and an IPA. I what, think Pils is a good good place to go. That's um that's a palate refresher. What do you mean by that? What, so what is Pilsner? Exactly? So a uh, type of lager. So lager itself is a style. Um, mm. And there are a variety, many, 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 many different sub-styles of lager. Pilsner being one of them. It's the most, uh, the most popular, popularly brewed beer in the world. Um, I don't know that for a fact, but it feels like it's probably true. Just make it up. Yeah. I mean, pretty much anything American um, commercial lager is, is a Pilsner base. Uh, it would have had more hops in the, in the past, but uh, is pretty much just an accessible tasty but not too tasty beer really golden in colored uh usually around five percent abv a little less rarely more and, and um, what makes it a pilsner though what, 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 what? type of malt oh okay right yeah okay. I, I i'm i'm reasonably sure a type of malt so pilsner is a type of malt and gives a certain character to the color and the flavor of the beer but not not very very hoppy but um and deliberately light and and, yep. and probably a bit more it's a type of hop else. called SARS. SARS are the, are, the, are the usual hop that goes with with a Pilsner. So right. if you're looking, at the, the the difficult thing with the beer is that there aren't actually many defined, like trademarkable kind of you know DOC yeah. type yeah. things. So so you could almost you could do anything and call it a Pilsner. You know I could do yeah. a ten percent dark beer and call it a Pilsner, and if, I wouldn't, if you I wouldn't be wrong. Um, yeah. But in in general terms, it's uh, yeah Pilsner malt, SARS hops, nice and clear, golden, five percent, refreshing, pintable beer. And Rebecca, this is your sister company. So this is, um, are we on the five points? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So we're on the five, it's London Brew, five points pills. It's just under 5% ABV. Um, and uh, yeah, what do you want to say about this while I'm having a taste? Because I can't speak and drink at the same time. <laughs> um, well, this is actually one of my favourite beers. I might be slightly biased, but um, I, I think that the Pilsner is a style that really uh, sort of attracted me to lager. So like you for a long time, I thought that I was not a lager drinker because I'd been drinking very poorly made lagers for, yeah, yeah. for years and years throughout university. Um, when I started to get into craft beer, it was the the IPAs and the pails that were really attracting me. But I think um, there are a lot of London breweries at the moment who are making some really solid efforts at lager. Um, these are actually two of my favourites. So okay. the, the Hackney, the corn style lager is also mm. delicious. So, so um, Andrew, talk me through this. So... 
aroma-wise. Give, nice give it, give it, give it a swirl around For the me, glass. It's got, is number it's one. got that sort of bread. It yeah, tastes bready. like freshly baked bread. Bready, bready is a really good one. If, if you're getting mm. bread out of it, then that, that, that's a nice, nice place to start. Sort of mm. sourdoughy kind of yeah. nice uh, aroma. Is that what yeah. you're getting? And, and kind of yeah, sweet. It's slightly sweet. Yes. So um, sometimes you can have rice and other bits and pieces thrown into it that will give it um, a little more sweetness. Oh, basically, you want to get the the um, the sugar out of that little kernel of goodness. And uh, rice leaves quite a lot of residual sort of sweetness behind. Um, but this is yeah. So this is so it's got a really nice, approachable, sweet, slightly biscuity, ready mm. nose. And then when you give it a drink, I'm just going to give it a drink now. Go on then. I've drunk it already. Um, you, yeah, I mean, what can you say? It's clean, crisp, kind of rounded, and then a nice little bitterness at the end, but not a lot. I was going to say, I'm getting more bitterness than I would imagine. Yeah. In a nice way, though. Yeah. But it's incredibly clean. And, it's and, quite, and quite refreshing bitterness. You yeah. kind of, uh, it's, it should make you want to have another, another sip to get rid of the bitterness in a kind of nice way. What? And, and then you sort of just repeat <laughs> over several pints is the German way of. John, it. your thoughts on this? Um, so... Back up do you a like little it? bit. I do like it. Yeah. So I think something that's crossed over the lager in general is more of a process in conditioning. So right. the lagering process is keeping it cold for a minimum of three three weeks. It's usually yep. three to five weeks you keep it cold. So where you've got pills and we've got a corn starts like a Kolsch. It's like it's like I'll explain in a minute. And then you've got hells. They're varying types of lager, but they all kind of fit under the same umbrella because they've been conditioned in the same way. So they're all so you know kind of the same process of, of conditioning it. I, I believe yeah. I believe the German word lager is uh, maturation I think it's right. essentially yeah. the same right. word right. so it's, it's a beer that's been matured for quite a long time and the Germans have got their their purity laws that say I think it's, it's I said 10 or 12 weeks somebody or yeah relatively. something like mm. that but it's a certain period of time that it has to be right. conditioned for whereas obviously um, other beers you could knock out in two to three weeks right. much cheaper I know, um, easier to do. In some ways, a lager, the reason why it's often more expensive, if you're looking at the price, is because it takes a lot, lot longer to oh. produce than it would do in a classic English bitter, which you could you could chuck out in three weeks. Right. Mm. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Nice light. So classic pills is very light in terms of the lager spectrum. I think mm. I, I always associate it with being a lot cold and refreshing. So and, if you've got a clean. nice sunny day, yeah. out for a walk... Lunchtime, feeling thirsty. Part of this, mm. yeah. Glug glug yeah. glug. Well, that's a good start. So, so um, we've got uh, um, that pilsner. Um, tell me the difference between pale ale and uh, an IPA, John. How does that, what's the difference? Or question. isn't there a difference? No. Well, yeah, I think it's just in ter- in, for me, it's the terms of how much hops you put in it into right. it. So, an IPA is generally will have a lot more hops in it to balance out. Generally higher abv but then you have session ipas which are yeah. slightly lower yeah. but still have a huge amount of hop content in them so but i guess so what you're saying though um andrew is that you can call it what you want actually there's no definition there are there are a few definitive definitions yeah. with this stuff. Is it? Yeah. But, but but most people for a, an ipa would expect it to be have that very hoppy profile yeah that's it, what they would expect yeah if definitely it was it's, that. It's, hops should should feature quite predominantly in yeah. the experience so we've got two IPAs to try here. Have I got that right? I think uh, we have. We have. Yeah. Yeah. So two, two pails. Two pails. Oh, let's, so we sh- shall we try the two pails first then? So so IPA is hoppy. We'll taste that at the end. Uh, we've got two pale ales. Now I remember as a child, I think it was my grandmother very occasionally had a pale ale, and I didn't know what that was. I worked out it was beer. Is that the same thing? 
Yeah, I mean, it hasn't changed that much. You know, right. the, the, the science and, and technicality behind brewing, we've, we've got cleaner and better at producing probably what was intended. But um, yeah, it is, it's not dissimilar. I mean, it was, it's a good, simple, um, uh, easy drink. I mean, you have bitters that are darker in color and have more malt content, more fruity, fruitier. Um, lagers really weren't drunk probably when your grandmother was having a pale ale. Lagers really didn't exist. It's, a, it's from the 60s onwards that that's yeah. become prevalent. And pale ales have been around forever since the advent of discovering that the water in Burton upon Trent was softer and allowed for, um, for, for lighter colored beers to be, to be produced in a way. And pale ale really came out of that. So it's, it's a, it's, yeah, it's been around for a long time. So, so it's not that much different from a Pilsner? Um, bit more hoppy. Hop, yeah, hoppier. hoppier. So if you, I mean, I'm being incredibly generalistic here because I know there's thousands of beers to choose from. But if you were going on a scale, you could say Pilsner, very light, pale, getting a bit hoppier, IPA, hoppy, hoppy. Yeah, that is, that is, that is a good generalisation. Uh, you won't see go what, far see wrong. how much I've learned already, John. <laughs> in the, scale, of, in the know, scale of beers with hops in, that is perfect. Beers <laughs> with hops in, yeah, we'll go on to other business. So we've got um, your pale ale here, I think, the Five Points Brewing Company again. London Brew uh, pale ale. We're going we're gonna to match that against your Pusher Jack, uh, no, your Kapow pale ale in a minute. Um, so this is Mason & Company. Um, again, what do you think of this? Well, um, if you well, uh, smells yeah. completely different from the pills. Totally, you've, you've got uh, lots of citra or citrus kind of hops. Really so really lemony. grapefruity mm. lemon. Oh, grapefruit actually is a better description yep. of that. That's that's again all coming from the hops. Hops are amazing things, and when you uh, you get the the oil out of the hops, uh, it really has that kind of resinous quality to it. And when brewed well, um, and this will be, do many of the aroma hops are, are put in towards the end of um, of the brewing process to protect those those volatile oils and that will come across as, as really smelling like the hop did when you actually had it in your hand in mm. the field and and now and, and i really 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 don't like that <laughs> sorry about that but um if you love grapefruits and you love that nice sour note yep. that is for you isn't it that totally. is classically lovely if that's your so that's not my it's quite, particular I taste think, uh, again in terms of um tasting beers that you may not like uh the, the, the thing that's good you can tell it's good for me you can tell it's trying to do what it's trying to do yeah exactly and, and that's where the worst thing is when you get a beer that's confusing and you, you don't understand it and probably the brewer doesn't understand it and the beer doesn't understand itself which is really unfortunate um but this is is quite clear what it's trying to do and, you, and that grapefruit just carries through i mean that the, the yeah. nose and the um and the the flavor marry up so again you haven't got a disconnect between those two that's that's a sign of of a well-made beer. For, and for me, if you really like a classic Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand, you would love it's not this far off, is it? Five Point Pale. Yeah. Ale, really. That's that's if that's the sort of flavours that you like, this is you'd love this. And would you thought you'd have made that connection in terms of beer yeah, and Sauvignon Blanc? Yeah, because I'm uh, so clever. Of course you are. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it, but you but because of because of the it's it's that sort of I don't know. It is the citrus. It's the grapefruit. You know, and it is that. Um, yeah, that's it's. Um, a, no, I was going to say acidic. No, sherbetty almost mm. in a way. If you if you like that sort of thing, and you're not used to taking beer, but you can't drink a bottle of, you know, Sauvignon Blanc at lunch because you fall over. This this is a pretty good replacement. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, do you, do you like grapefruit in general? Yes. Yeah. In gin. Mm, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So, any any comments on uh, on what you were tr or what they were trying to do here? Well, well, the one thing the Five Points Brewing Company are really good at is um, sort of traditional 
styles of beer. So yeah. this is very much a solid pale, yeah. uh, as Andrew was just saying. A very distinctive. Yeah, um, so they, they don't try to, to sort of veer off the path too much. Yeah. So I'd say if you like pales, uh, there's a lot of West Coast That's hops in this, and this is where you're getting the grapefruit yeah. again. Yeah. Um, then you'll probably enjoy this beer. I'll defend this beer. I quite like this beer. <laughs> That's the um the, the big change in what your grandmother was drinking was it would have had no, it would have only had English hops in it. And this would have had been, much more character. I'm, I'm thinking, would it? The English this one. The this old, one. Yeah, this, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it would have been yeah, quite yeah. anodyne. The one before Punchy. it would have yeah. been just um yeah it would have been a, wouldn't have been a lot of flavour. There'd have been some bittering hops, but not a lot else. So I'm, I'm not saying it's not good, you know that. It's, it's obviously great quality, not for me, but if you love that sort of grapefruity traditional pale ale, that is stunning. We're going we're gonna to put that up against Kapow. Uh, John, tell us about the, the what you were trying to do with this pale ale, the Hackney Brewery um, pale ale. So I, I quite like the fact you've got this interesting taste. So as a brewer... Everyone's taste is so subjective. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So if you don't like something, someone else does. And as yeah. a brewer, we we try and cover a good range of, of accessibility to mm. you know general public and, and and specialist craft beer experts. You know from top. Of, you do have to make some compromises. So so where you might not like that one, you might like other ones that we. That, I don't that like it. Beers. Not enough to drink the whole half pint if I'd ordered it, <laughs> but I probably wouldn't drink the second one if that makes, or wouldn't order yeah. it again because it's not, as you say, it's subjective. It is so subjective. Mm. So, what we've done with our pale ale is used uh, very specific aromatic hops in terms of a spectrum. So I always look at hops as you know being on the darker end of the spectrum, and the middle end, and the high end. So wow, you, just so, smelling that one. Yeah. Yeah. So. So it's very much aroma based, you know. Uh, taste is I can almost, mostly smell, right? Almost smells like tangerines. Almost. Almost. Is, is that what you're getting? You can definitely. Yeah, there there are hops. Um, some hops that very famously have mouldy orange kind of tangerine mm. character. So I get. Well, this is another thing. So people smell and taste different. So I get a lot of pineapple off of that. And um, mm, I can get that. You know, yeah, that yeah. kind of tropical fruits is mm. what we were looking for on that. Yeah, a lot of. Big bold aromas, and then hopefully that carries through into the mouth. Mm. Mm. That's probably more my taste profile because obviously I'm I'm I prefer the slightly sweet because I've I've don't know what I'm doing. It's um, Um, it's a little like sort of beery umbongo. I think that that kind of uh, (laughs) tropical fruit thing. I think that's that's that it just makes me go back to being a child. Beery umbongo. Yeah, Yeah. and we try and look at this a lot. It's all about balance. So you have bitterness, alcohol content and your flavour profile of your malt and your hops. So you, it's bal- as a brewer, you kind of balance it all out yeah. and kind of dial in whether it's going to be, you know, if it's a malt-specific style, so you, you dial in it around the malt. If uh, it's a hop-forward style, like a pale ale's generally, we're quite hop-forward in all of our beers. Yeah. So we kind of build it more of the aroma hop end and kind of fit everything in from the bottom. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I prefer this uh, sort of tangerine slight pineapple edge because I still have sugar in my tea. I mean, that's, that's, that's why. Um, so, but but if you if you don't like that slightly sweet edge, that probably isn't for you. But again, it's beautifully made, isn't it? Refreshing. I think the, the really thing that really refreshing. defines a lot of these, the pale ale, pale ale should be refreshing. It's, um, mm. I think there are, there's opportunities sometimes with beer to go climbing high peaks of, of audaciousness, um, but increasingly, I think the foothills are particularly attractive. And 
you can just enjoy enjoy being you know i'm um, still going for a nice walk but uh you can look at the daisies and I'll smell the ha- clean air half and a pale ale, not half a pale ale Foot, foothills kind of um kind of beers and and rebecca should you serve um pale ale cold is that is it should it be ice cold or a little bit cold or not um, bother certainly not ice cold but right. <laughs> right. Uh, but yes uh cold it's supposed to be refreshing in style so you slightly definitely chilled want it but not be. so cold that you knock the taste if out if somebody tries to serve you a beer in a frosted glass just say no, <laughs> no. okay because you can't you can't actually taste uh, well that yes and also you, you don't get the same sort of aromatics off it it's it's not the same experience but i've mm. had been in uh craft beer bars where i've had that happen and however if, if you're in certain bars and they give you a frosted glass take it because the chances are you won't better taste the beer that uh which is a good thing in, uh, so in certain places yeah <laughs> just uh yeah it covers up a lot of faults it yeah. does yeah. indeed does it? really okay um so that's um kapow now uh uh the, the other thing of course is is if you love your hops uh, and you love that hoppy taste um, IPA. Uh, just tell us a little bit about, about IPA, Andrew. Well, there's, there's a few. Um, it's hard to know whether they're actually really urban myths or not as to how IPAs came about. The the old adage is that they were brewed to travel to India, hence the word India Pale Ale. And to survive the journey, they were they had more hops in them and were stronger. And uh, the alcohol and the increased hop content was more likely to allow the beer to survive the long journey um, from here to India. It wouldn't have been stored refrigerated it would have been ambient so um it was yeah that that is that's one story you probably uh, did need a frosted glass if it come all the way across yeah, India exactly. before you got to it the yeah. the, the again the, unrefrigerated. The, the urban myth goes that it arrived and it was still knackered so no one drank it but um right. but it's as a style it's it's been um appropriated by um well it's interesting i mean you have something like like green king so green king ipa is unrepresentative of anything that a modern ipa would be it's dark colored it's not pale particularly again pale is very subjective pale was it wasn't black back in the day yeah um and it's it's about 3.8 percent abv so you know it's not strong in terms of the alcohol so you know green king ipa is it's it's again it's impossible to say it's not an ipa if green king want to call it an ipa they can call it an ipa but in modern beer terms an ipa is going to be hoppier and stronger and pack more of a punch now i'm smelling that um i'm sure you'd agree with this john that's just it is hops in a glass so for we for this beer we've used uh, 100% New Zealand hops. So there are certain varieties from all over the world that have certain characteristics. We find like Citra, Amarillo, Mosaic. The American varieties have a very kind of like strong citrus tropical flavour. New Zealand varieties are, are still really punchy, but in a more refined kind of way. Slightly more subtle, a bit more complex perhaps. We've used uh, Nelson Sovan and uh, Tahiki, which used to be called uh, New Zealand Cascade. Uh, The Nelson Sovan in it has very wine-like qualities to it, so it has like uh, white wine kind of mustiness to it, if that Mm. makes sense. It tastes nicer than I'm making it sound. Uh, I'm having more trouble um, uh, describing the smell of this. We've also put in a uh, lot of oats are you? into this. Uh, as, as, in, as in, it's hoppy, but but you know the other one you could smell grapefruit, you could smell tangerine, you yeah. know you can and all those sorts of things. This one it's hard to describe. It smells like beer. It smells like hops and beer. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 it's, Sorry, an, it's, an, it's not, an engaging hop character. Not it's because I'm an amateur. <laughs> no, it's fine. I think uh, I think what one one the reset button for all beer tasting is the simple question: Do you like it? 
Yeah. And and in terms, we, we you know we, we are not wine people here. Uh, no one's spitting out their glasses. I might say. But, but, but um, what and I'm fundamentally, saying is this is, this is in a way it's sophisticated and and and. Um, uh, subtle uh, yep. at the same time, and yep. that's why you don't get this massive, powerful smell it be because it's 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 not, it hasn't got that sort of flow, you know, where you say, Oh, this tastes, tastes of raspberries or smells of this, that, no. and the other. It just smells like it's a, just a nice. proper beer, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. Can you not, I get it. yeah, I get it. your eyes keep going to the ceiling every time I speak. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I think Andrew's right, you know, do you like it? I think that's mm. that's the key to beer. Beer is not pretentious, it's it's supposed to be accessible, it's beer. It's, you know, if you don't like it, don't drink it. I think that is the. There's, there's so no, many good. There's no beers right out or wrong. Now. Yeah, just just get one that's well made and find find the taste profile that you like. Yeah, absolutely, and and the spectrum of, of flavor in beer now is is phenomenal. It's, mm. it's, it's huge. I mean, some, sometimes it's. I mean, you can dial in flavor that's incredible. I mean, it truly is. Uh, there, there are some beers out there that will. I had a peanut butter and jelly beer when I was over in um, in See, the States recently. slightly makes uh, me want I, to be sick. Do you know, I, I was, I initially, again, that's just, I'd find out a comedy beer. It would be like, mm. no way. There's no way that's going to be good. It was unbelievably incredible. Like the peanut butter tasted like peanut butter. And it was there just as a really nice, low little flavor. And, the, and it smelled like, like a strawberry jam. And not in like comedy strawberry jam, not like sort of, you know, it's they've like a like a candle. It was genuinely like just a little aroma of strawberry jam. And the two together was one of the best things I've tasted in a long time. It was really notable and could have gone so wrong. So, for example, that's where you really you've, want to pick out that. But you've got to know what you're doing to do that. You've totally got to know. I mean, that, that is you've a sign of an absolutely, it's a risky, risky, risky move. Risky mm. move. So this tastes of beer. Good. We use a bit of oats in it to. So yeah, it, t it tastes really hoppy. I mean, for me, that's what like a proper proper beer is. If you want a beer, and maybe not you know lunchtime when it's blazing hot, but you want to really savour something uh, mid afternoon. That, that feels like you should be having this about three or four o'clock in the afternoon. How, how strong is it, John? <laughs> I was going to say uh, the ABV. Six and a half percent. Six so. and a half percent. <laughs> yeah, that probably do need that later on in the afternoon. Yeah. Rebecca, what's your thoughts on that taste profile? Oh, I, I really enjoy Push Eject. I've had this beer many times before. Um, Again, uh, John was talking about the oats and the grist. So that gives it like a nice creaminess. Mm, it has got a creaminess, yeah. Nice nourishing beer. But um, it does have that hot profile of... Quite fruity, so so not as bitter maybe as the Kapow, but um, I think it still makes for a very refreshing beer. Yeah, it doesn't sort of finish. Uh, the so sour. does it? It's it's, it's interesting because you I get. I don't that know how technical you want me to get on this. It's all about <laughs> mash temperatures. I don't there you go. Yeah. So that's that's why. Yeah. But but it, but it but it sort of doesn't finish bitter. Um, it slightly finishes sweet, but not in a horrible way, in a really nice way. How does um, how does this compare to how you expect it to turn out, John? Did, did you did you nail it? Is this one that's been no. in development for a while? So this so our beers we put a new kit in about eighteen months ago, and all of these beers have been designed on the new kit to you know, make the most out of the technology that we have. Yeah. So uh, there, I think it took about six months to tweak it and dial it in to what we wanted. I think I think it's they're they're fantastic beers. I'm really proud of them. Now, the other thing that's a slight shock to me, I don't know why, is that they're all in cans that we've mm. had today. Now, is there is there a bit of snobbery around can versus bottle? Or, or My dad thinks so. My dad doesn't <laughs> like cans, but I think that's kind of truth and testament to the way it's being received. I think it's everyone of an older generation. Sorry, I'm, trying to I'm not saying that you're old. Yes, me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like a certain generation look at cans and think oh that's cheap European lager gonna taste metallic and I don't like the idea of that 
And so traditionally beer was in bottles, brown bottles, bottle conditioned. Uh, yep. I think modern technology is that the cans are kind of lined so you don't get the metallic taste yep. coming through. They're hermetically sealed so oxygen doesn't penetrate into it. They are, you know, light isn't going to penetrate into that either so you don't, so beer doesn't turn and they also cool down quicker because the cans. Of the can, yeah. so, and and they stay cold longer. Stay cold for longer, so and it's they're more portable, which is something that we find yeah. at Mason Company is we're moving away from bottles. Mm. Um, so we have a beer fridge, and we only have large style bottles, so 750 mils, which tend to be like more, um, I guess, fancy beers or wild fermentation. Yeah. Uh, but people prefer cans because they just want something they can grab and go drink on the ga- the grass. So that, that does feel generational to me. If <laughs> I if I have my mates round and then I serve them beer in a can they would think that is something really really cheap but I, but I do think that's generational and really interestingly now you're just seeing more and more cans mm. I mean great for branding as well aren't they you can do what yeah. you want you've got more space to really sell what you want um, and as you say in terms of recycling as well yeah, fully better recyclable. easier safer uh, light doesn't penetrate so we should just be moving to cans shouldn't we for some things mostly for some things I, I, it's, it's hard to certain things with like mixed fermentation stuff you can't put that through a canning line because you get, I don't know, I'm getting, I'm getting geeky now. Uh, <laughs> you get like bacterial infections like Brettanomyces. Yeah. If you're using a Brett beer, you don't want to run that through your canning line because then you could potentially infect your canning line with Brettanomyces. Uh, but yeah, so I think f- certain bo- things need to be in bottles, hand bottles, no, well bottles. looked after. So other, th- other things are very much, you know, much better in cans. Also, um, in <coughs> restaurants, you find a lot more cans in restaurants these days. I think there's a certain... It's kind of penetrated well, up through the... Kind well, of it really is making headway if, yeah. if they think it's, you know, okay to, to serve a can Absolutely. in a restaurant. It's very good. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me. I've learned quite a lot today, actually. No, genuinely. Very good. I have, I have. That's um, our mission in life. I think we should do some more of these, Andrew, so that I can learn more and we can we can taste and, and try and explain to people the stuff that we think uh, is really rather nice. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Four, four doesn't seem enough. We, we should we should carry on. We should. We should definitely carry on. So, Rebecca Pate, thank you very much from Mace, Mason and Company. And thank that's you. masonandcompany.co.uk. And don't forget, they've got their craft beer bar beside the canal in Hackney Wick. And they're also the team behind the Five Points Brewing Company, which we've just been tasting. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having very me. Very kind of you to bring a, a, a few samples as well. Um, oh, that's very, very nice. Um, and uh, John Swain, Hackney Brewery. A bit of a star in the making, we think, Hackney Brewery. Um, and as you would expect to be spelt, hackneybrewery.co.uk. Um, and uh, you really need to look out for their stuff. Um, and where's it available, John? Um most good outlets and through the bottle shop. So. Most good outlets. Thank you very much. And presumably if people go on your website, they can find out where they can access uh, all that stuff. Correct. Good. And so we'll be we'll be keeping tabs on you. May, it might well be that you have to come back a few times so we can see what other nice stuff you've got. Uh, work in, work work in progress. Always a work in progress. I think work we need to, progress, uh, to, to, to do, do it back in every now and then. So thank you for joining me. You've been listening to the Food Talk Show, which actually been the booze show today. Uh, thank you to my fellow presenter, Andrew Morgan of The Bottle Shop. Thank you for your guidance through that tasting. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. If you want to recommend any future guest, uh, somebody doing something groundbreaking or, or anybody producing amazing beer that we haven't yet tasted, please get in touch with us via Twitter on at Food Talk Show. Or if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts, go to foodtalk.co.uk. Have a good week. Thank you.